to another episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes by equipping people to embrace and manage change. And on the, uh, these episodes of, the, of Mindset to Mastery, we provide 30 minutes of strategies and tips and actionable items to help you change your mindset and master your success. And so on this week's episode, I want to talk about change as an action word. And with so many things going on in the world, with re, and especially in the U.S., with regards to the pandemic and, um, and all of the, um, the protests that have, been, that have been happening and the calls to end systemic racism and discrimination and how this diversity and inclusion and equity is at the forefront of a lot of people's minds and a lot of organizations are trying to figure out what do we do. I have had several conversations with people who are trying to figure out how to get their people and their leaders to move from holding opportunities for dialogue, holding opportunities um, and having opportunities for people to feel safe expressing their emotions and moving from talking about it to actually doing something. And I understand that this is something that is really a sensitive subject because people don't wanna say the wrong thing. You don't wanna do the wrong thing, especially when it's an emotional, um, very, uh, you know, it's a hot button, top, hot button topic. It is something that um, can really impact the culture of your organization. It can really impact the morale of your team. It can either bring you guys all closer together or it can create a ripple effect of chaos throughout your organization. So nobody wants to make the wrong move. You don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to do the wrong thing. You don't want to cause additional issues down the line. But you do realize that people are watching you, your employees, your team members, you know, stakeholders, clients, consumers, the public, everyone is watching and they want to know what you're going to do in a moment of crisis, in a moment of change. So I want you to think about this from a different perspective. Change isn't something that happens to you. It is something that requires action from you. Let me say that again. Change is not something that happens to you. It is something that requires action from you. You've often heard me say change is a process that begins with an event. So the process of change takes you through different stages. It requires reflection. It requires conversation and opportunities for dialogue. It requires study. It requires learning. It's discovery. It's innovation. It's risk taking. It's planning. It's transformation. And most importantly, it is application. True change, the product of change, the product of the process of change does not happen and it does not turn into long-term systemic differences and new foundations that are being laid. None of that happens if you don't act. Analysis is great. Dialogue is key. But actions and application are required. If there is no action, there is no change. If you do not move from discovery and discussion and analysis 
and planning into application and, and, and action, then you're not going through any change. You are simply sitting here waiting for the moment to pass, waiting for the issues to go away, waiting for, for something else to take precedence so that you don't have to deal with it. And I get it, I get it, change is uncomfortable. I get it, difficult conversations are really hard. I get it when you're dealing with an issue that not only impacts your company's bottom line, but it also impacts the morale and the engagement of your team, it is difficult to try to figure out what to do. I understand. And if you are leading through change, if you are leading through a time of uncertainty, if you are leading through a time when there are no easy answers and the spotlight is on you, and there is what's called a quote unquote cancel culture, such that you feel as if you make one wrong step, if you make one false move, if you post the wrong thing, then you're gonna have a barrage of negative comments and consequences that come your way that may find you out of a job or losing customers or losing your business completely. So I get it. Many of us do not want to act for fear of doing the wrong thing. But as a leader, you need to be able to do the work of establishing an expectation of action. When you are leading a team, when you are leading other people, when you are leading from within as a part of a team or a leader of an organization, you have to establish an expectation of action. So I'm gonna give you five tips, five steps, five ways to encourage your people to empower and I don't like using that word because I believe that everybody has power already. I'm not giving you power. But when I speak about empowerment, I talk about stirring up and jump-starting the power that's already within. So to stir up the power that's already within to get people to understand that there is an expectation of action. So that change becomes an action word, not just something that happens to people. So I'm gonna give you five steps. I want you to, to think about this, to take notes on it, to determine how you're going to actually implement it within your organizations. And I want you to, to really look at this from a standpoint of, you know what? If I don't do something, then not doing something is really still doing something. It's making a decision not to act. It's making a decision not to take advantage of an opportunity. It's making a decision to not lead. And granted, there are some times when no response is the best response, but when it comes to things that are important to your organization, when it comes to things that are going to impact your engagement, when it comes to things that are going to severely impact your learning of your organization, when it comes to something that is going to severely curtail or possibly derail your leadership, it is something that requires you to take action. So I want you to listen to these five steps and take notes, and then I'm gonna talk a little bit about what that might look like within your organization. So first step, empathy. You have to empathize. Feel for others. Put yourself in their shoes and allow the people on your teams and within your organizations to truly put themselves in the shoes of another so that they can feel what that other group feels. So for example, 
there's a lot of talk about Black Lives Matter and there's a lot of debate about what do we need to do in order to make sure that our, our organizations and our places to work are not discriminatory, that they're not divisive, that diversity, inclusion, and equity and a sense of belonging is a core foundation so that everyone feels like they can come and show up fully and wholly and authentically as themselves to work and not be marginalized, not feel discriminated against, not feeling, not feel as if they are an other. So when you are trying to figure out how to navigate this and you're trying to figure out how to navigate this difficult conversation, you need to empathize. You need to put yourselves in the shoes of the other person. And how do you do that? You may say, Keisha, I'm not black. You know, I'm not of a certain race. I don't have that experience. I don't know. And one of the exercises that I do is I talk to people and I say, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to picture someone that you love dearly, someone who is your heart. You would run through a brick wall for this person. You love seeing their smile. Your heart just bursts every time you look at them. This is someone that you feel every time they are hurt. You feel ecstatic every time they have a win. You feel sad for them and helpless when you can't do something to help them solve a problem or to make things better. That person. Now I want you to picture that person and they are so excited because they have, um, they're, they're going out to a park, they're going to a new place and, and they wanna enjoy their day. They finally get a day to themselves where the, the, the weather is gorgeous and they just wanna go out and have a great time and laugh and enjoy themselves. And on their way to their destination, somebody walks up to them and says, oh my God, you're horrible. You're so ugly. Why are you here? You need to just go away. Go back where you came from. Now imagine this person that you love, that you care so much about, coming back and telling you that story. How would you feel? How would they feel? Now, when you put yourself in that person's shoes, when you are able to tell a story and articulate a, a feeling such that someone can put themselves in someone else's shoes, now you've allowed an opportunity for empathy. So first, I have to feel what you're feeling in order to understand your perspective. I understand your, your passion for it. I understand your pain. So that's number one. If you're going to be a leader that's going to get anybody to act, you have to feel what they feel so you can understand it. Number two, express yourself. Fears, issues, discomfort, emotions, all of that. There needs to be a safe space where emotions and, and expectations and, 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 and people are allowed to express themselves without fear of repercussion, you know, even comments that are not popular. It needs to be a zone where people are able to express themselves. Now, let me, let me, let me make one distinction. When you create opportunities for people to express themselves, that is not an opportunity for disrespect. It is not an opportunity for hate speech. It is not an opportunity for discrimination. 
It is not an opportunity for any of the isms. And the way that you ensure that this doesn't happen is you set one ground rule. Value the gift of others' input. Value the gift of others' input. And by that, it means that you are valuing the fact that other people are feeling safe enough and secure enough to share their feelings, to share their thoughts, to share their fears, to share their discomfort, to share their emotions. And the second thing is that everyone who is participating will respect themselves enough to respect others. Because a lot of times we come into these group discussions and, and, and opportunities for people to express themselves and we say you must you know, respect others. And people say respect is, is earned, not given. But instead of requiring someone to respect others, instead, why don't you respect yourself? Why don't you respect yourself enough not to say something that is discriminatory? Why don't you respect yourself enough to not use hate speech? Why don't you respect yourself enough to not dismiss and diminish and diminish someone who is being vulnerable in a moment? So those two ground rules with, exp with expressing yourselves. One, making sure that you are valuing the gift of others' input. And two, you are, val you are allowing people to respect themselves enough to operate with respect in that circle. So third step, expectations. You may have a vision of the future. You may have a solution, but what do you need and what do you want? What do you need to do? What do you want? What is it that you want this to look like? You hear me talk about a mind movie of success, picture what do I want this to look like? What do I want the outcomes to be? What is the expectation? If you're talking about, you know, difficult conversations around racism and discrimination um, and, 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 you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how can we create a more, a more inclusive environment where people belong, how can we change our, the culture of our organization to make sure that, that you know, black indigenous people of color feel welcome and they feel like they belong and there aren't a lot of microaggressions going on and there's not a lot of subconscious bias going on and, and we are operating in a way where we all feel included. Describe what that looks like and then ask what is needed to make that happen? What do we want to see? Because unless you have an expectation and a vision of where you're going to, and you, and you have something specific that describes exactly what it looks like, then there's no, you, you don't have a goal in mind. You don't have a destination that you're trying to get to. You're just talking to get your feelings out. You're just having brainstorming sessions. And then you leave and nothing happens. But you have to put expectations on it. Fourth step, action. Break it down. Look at the expectations you have. Look at the vision of success that you have. And then break it down into the top three immediate things that you can try. They don't have to be huge things. They don't have to be ground-shaking, groundbreaking things. They don't have to overhaul your organization overnight. 
but one thing that you can do. Take the top three and say, what are the actions I'm gonna, the three things I'm gonna do in the next three weeks? I can do one thing per week. There's an old saying, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And I understand when you're talking about change within an organization in, an, in a culture and society, that these are huge issues that people really feel overwhelmed with trying to tackle. But it happens one step at a time. And it happens by each of us taking the onus on ourselves to do something. Now, I will tell you when it comes to action, I need to say this. As a leader, you need, and, and as an individual, give yourself permission not to, to be perfect. Give yourself permission to make mistakes. Encourage people to have the courage to try, to attempt, to do something. One of my favorite sayings is Star Wars in Yoda, and he said, there is no try, only do or don't do. Well, you know what? There is no such thing as trying to take action. You either act or you don't. You either take a risk or you don't. You either are committed or you're not. So there is no gray area with that. And if in the longer you spend on the sidelines, not taking action and just talking about it and going through paralysis, you know, um, uh, paralysis by analysis where you're constantly having to rethink and you're constantly having to look at the facts and you're constantly having to revisit, you're never gonna get anything done. So it doesn't have to be perfect. So I give you permission to not be perfect. I give you the per permission to say, you know what? I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know how to solve this problem overnight, but I am committed to working together to do some things that are going to make things better. Saying I don't know, but we're gonna do this together is a powerful tool. It takes all of the stress off of people and they're like, oh my gosh, okay. Now I'm free to actually think about what the possibilities may be. Because let me tell you this, perfection stifles creativity. Perfection stifles ingenuity. Perfection stifles innovation. Perfection stifles dialogue. A fear of not doing it right will cause you to sit silent. A fear of not doing it right will cause you to overthink and overanalyze. A fear that what you're gonna do may not, you don't have all the answers, is gonna cause you to feel as if you're weak and therefore you can't lead anyone because you don't know where you're going. It's about vulnerability and transparency and making a statement and following up that statement with action that you guys are all in this together. So focus on the opportunity that's in front of you to learn, to grow, to be better, to do different, to, to make strides. You have to have action. And the fifth step is accountability. Do what you said you're going to do. 
It is not enough to brainstorm. It's not enough to have a dialogue. It's not enough to have a series of roundtables. It's not enough to read and research and, and immerse yourself and watch movies and have book clubs. It is not enough to constantly say, I'm learning and I'm trying. Like I said, there is no try, do or, do or don't do. And yes, you do have to learn. You do have to discuss. You do have to have conversations. You do have to research. You do need to read. You do need to educate yourself. You do need to do all of these things. But at some point, you're going to have to act. You can't be someone that goes to school for the rest of your life, always pursuing another degree, always going back for another certification, always trying to enroll in a new class, but you never apply anything. So you need to have some accountability. So set some timelines for action. Provide opportunity for feedback and reflection. Talk about what you're learning. Look at what works and what doesn't. Adjust, adapt, and then act again. You don't learn anything new. You don't grow. You don't develop. You don't participate in the process of change and go from an event to a shift where transformation happens and then into application and sustainability and the new normal. You cannot go through that process if you don't act. You cannot go through that process if there is no accountability. You cannot effectively lead your team, your department, your organization, your company, your society, your neighborhood. You cannot lead through change without action and accountability. You have to set timelines. You have to provide opportunities for feedback. You have to have time for reflection. You have to have time for learning. You have to adjust. You have to act again and then repeat. You build confidence through action and through accountability. You build resilience through action and through accountability. You build long-term sustainable success through action and through accountability. So it's when we're encountering change and when you're encountering difficult conversations and, and, and upheaval and chaos and you don't know what to do, and it doesn't just have to be social um, issues, it doesn't have to be around difficult conversations around discrimination or racism or, or looking at ways that you need to change diversity, inclusion and equity and belonging. It doesn't have to just be about, you know, uh, culture and engagement, but it can be as simple as, you know what, we need to improve our market share. We need to enhance, you know, our, our product development. We need to look at a different way of shifting and pivoting with our company so that we can, we can survive. Whatever the change is, whatever the issues are that are facing you, these five steps will help you to move from change being a thought and something that you believe happens to you to change being a process that requires action from you. So one, empathize. Make sure you're connecting with the rest of the people on your team and in your organization and you are able to see what they see and feel what they feel. Two, express yourself. Allow them the opportunity to express their fears, their issues, their emotions. Create a safe space where everyone is given the, 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 the value of their input, is appreciated, 
and they respect themselves enough to respect others. Three, set expectations. You want a visual of the future, of the solution. You want a visual of what you believe you need and what you believe you want. You want tangible descriptions of what the future would look like and what you want to be different. Sometimes you don't, have, you don't know exactly what you want, but you know what you don't want. So start there. Fourth, action. Break it down. One to three immediate things that you are going to implement. And then give people permission not to be perfect. Give people permission to make mistakes. Encourage them to have the courage to do something. Focus on the opportunity before you. And then the fifth step, accountability. Do what you said you're going to do. It's not enough to brainstorm, not enough to discuss, not enough to have a conversation, not enough to put together a plan, but what are you going to do? And then set the timelines, provide feedback, reflection, opportunities for learning, adjust, and then act again. Rinse and repeat. So those five steps, those five things that you can do to move your people and move yourself from change being an event that happens to you to change being a process that requires action from you are key. When you are looking at any type of change within your organization, within your teams, within your community, we have to start thinking about this as an opportunity for us to lead from within. We cannot always sit back and wait for others to lead us. So listening to this podcast and taking down these five actions, this is where you start if you don't know what to do. This is how you can have a tried and true formula. Remember these five steps, empathy, expression, expectations, action, and accountability. Remember those and use those as your formula to be able to move your people and your organization from a place of helplessness and uncertainty to a place of courage and empowerment, engagement, and action. Change is a process that begins with an, with an event. We have to go through the three phases of the event or catalyst, the shift of transformation, and the application of long-term sustainable success. It is not easy, but it is worth it. And if you set the right foundation, if you lay the right framework, if you allow people to do this with you and move through it together, I guarantee you that you will come out better on the other side. I hope this has been helpful. Please reach out to me if you want me to assist you in working with you on developing this strategy and facilitating this for your teams to provide some training to your organizational leaders to help them to facilitate this process and to provide some guidance. You can reach me on my website at carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S group.com. Please click on the, on the Let's Talk link. Schedule an assessment call so that we can discuss your organization's needs. And also sign up for my email newsletter because I will be hosting a series of 
um, informative learning sessions and working sessions to assist you in equipping your organization for change so that you can move forward in a way that is not only productive, but it is also successful and sustainable. So thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Keisha A. Rivers. I am president and chief outcome facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes by equipping people to embrace and manage change. You can tune in to my Mindset to Mastery podcast twice a week for 30 minutes of strategies, tips, and actionable items that will help you to change your mindset and master your success. You can find my podcast on my website, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, my YouTube channel, um, as well as a whole host of other places. I sincerely hope that you are taking care of yourself during this time and that you are taking the actions necessary in order for you to not only experience change, but become transformed through the process of change. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time. And as always, stay safe, stay sane, and stay sanitized. Have a great one. Bye-bye.